Take your Bibles again this morning and turn with me to the book of John and chapter 4. Book of John and chapter 4. We have three verses here that we'll be reading this morning and we're going to be dealing with. Probably won't get through with all the thoughts that we have in this passage of Scripture this morning. But let's begin reading with verse 43. Now after two days... He departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went unto the feast. The title of point dealing with these three verses this morning is the evidence of faith. The evidence of faith. In way of background, Jesus and his disciples had left Galilee and they had gone into Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And while there, remember, he cleansed the temple. And then on the day of the Passover, many believed because they were witness to the things which Jesus did. They witnessed the things that Jesus did, the things which testified of who he was, that he was, in fact, the Son of God. He was sent from God. And they believed. However, <clears throat> the Pharisees had got up in arms. They got up, riled up, because... Jesus made and baptized more disciples than did John. And so he left Jerusalem to go back into Galilee. But if you remember, he must needs go through Samaria. He had to go through 
Samaria, for there was one, yea, many, who were appointed to salvation. And so they go through Samaria. The woman of Samaria is saved. And through her testimony, many more are saved. And they desire Jesus to remain two days with them. Or spend more time with them. And he stayed two more days. And many more believed during those two days at which he taught and preached repentance. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, after spending two days with the Samaritans, and many of them being saved, he went back into Galilee. Now, Palestine at this time was divided up into primarily three sections. We have Judea in the far south. We have Samaria in the middle. And we have Galilee in the far north. And in Galilee was the city of Nazareth, the city in which Jesus grew up in. So Galilee would have been his home region. In fact, at this point in time, he had set up Capernaum as his headquarters. The Galilee was, shall we say, strategically located. We're told through history that there were major highways that passed through, and I think if my memory serves me correct, there were at least three major highways that passed through the borders of Galilee. So merchants from all over the world passed through the borders, stayed in the inns of the cities there. Galilee was heavily populated. In the days of Christ, Galilee was heavily populated. Also, it was surrounded by the Samaritans on the south, the Phoenicians on the west, and the Syrians on the north. It also was a rich, fertile land in that part. 
Palestine. And in, in, in fact, in that part of the world. With, according to Josephus, 200 cities, each with a population of 15,000 or more. Quite a number of cities for this region, the region of Galilee, 200 cities, and these 200 cities each having a population of 15,000 or more. We could say today it was a field wide unto harvest. Great opportunities abounded there for preaching of the gospel. Now, as we come to think about the evidence, the evidence of faith in this passage of Scripture, first evidence, I believe, is found in verse 44 for faith. Forty-four said, For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. A prophet hath no honor in his own country. Our faith, your faith, my faith, their faith, was evidenced by honoring, by the honoring of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, when he went into Galilee, went not into his hometown, to his hometown of Nazareth, on this occasion. We're going to see that this is not his first occasion. They had, the first time that he went there, they had rejected him. Turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke in chapter 4. And to give you a little bit here, Jesus had gone to the River Jordan. At the start, when he first comes on the scene, at the start of his ministry, he goes to the River Jordan in Judea, the far southern region in Palestine, goes to the River Jordan in Judea, would have been near Jerusalem, to where John the Baptist was baptizing, to be baptized of him, And after being baptized, he went into the wilderness of Judea and spent 40 days fasting with nothing to eat. And then being tempted by Satan. And after his being tempted by Satan, he comes back into Galilee. In fact, 
in, in Luke chapter 4, uh, and, and this, this is how Luke describes his return into Galilee in verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a famine, a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. But he went in the power of the Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God was upon him. God himself had, we remember, had given testimony to Jesus as he was coming up out of the waters of baptism and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But we know it in verse, beginning with verse 16. After he comes back into Galilee, after being baptized, after being tempted by Satan, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and, to, <clears throat> and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said not, said, is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, ye will surely say unto me this proverb, physician. Hear thyself, whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the day of Elias, when Heaven was shut up three years and six months when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman 
that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elasus, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereof their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them and went his way. You see, they rejected him. They rejected his teaching. They rejected his preaching. He rejected the things that they had to say. This was early on. This was just at the beginning of his ministry, just after he'd been baptized, just after he had, had, had been tempted by Satan, and he returns to Galilee, returns to his hometown. And he begins to preach to them. And it angered them. And they would have killed him. They, they were going to toss him down hell head, head first. But it won his time. It won his time. And so he escaped through the midst of them. And as a result, Jesus said, a prophet has no honor in his own country. Joseph. Jacob's son Joseph. Remember him? He was not honored by his brothers. We know the record well in the book of Genesis in chapter 37 and verses 23. 36, that Jacob had sent his son Joseph to his brethren. They saw him coming and they plotted his demise. They decided not to kill him. It wouldn't be good for them to kill him. But they saw some Ishmaelites coming. And they decided to sell him to the Ishmaelites and to let the Ishmaelites do what they would with him. And they took him down into Egypt and they sold him down into Egypt. All planned of God. His brothers took his coat of many colors which his father had made for him and, and, and given to him. And so his father would think that he'd been torn to pieces by a wild beast. They killed a lamb and took the blood of that lamb and sprinkled it all over his coat, spread it all over his coat. You see, they didn't have NCIS back then or CI back then. They didn't have 
uh, mind drew, <laughs> drew a blank. But they didn't have DNA testing back then to tell that it was the blood of an animal and not Joseph's blood. His brethren despised him. They hated him. They wanted him gone. David was not honored by his brothers. Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. The book of 1 Samuel in chapter 17 and verse 28. And you remember Dan, uh, David's father. David, just a young lad, probably 18 years of age, 20, somewhere. His father sent him to, to his brethren who were in the army. And the Israelite army was doing battle against the Philistines and Goliath. And David arrived and he sees that Goliath has, has the armies of Israel all held up. And he just, he, he, he just couldn't believe this was, was so. He, that that this, this Philistine could stand and, and defy the armies of the living God. And hold them up. And he talks with a few of the men around there. And his brother. Here's the conversation. Notice his eldest brother Eliab's response in verse 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said... Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. You see, he, 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 he's filled with anger at his brother David and his brother David questioning how, how it can be that, that this uncircumcised Philistine, this heathen, could hold up the army of God. And he begins to rail on him and begins to mock him. He did not honor his brother David. Jeremiah was not honored by, by his hometown. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah in chapter 11. And look with me at verse 21. Jeremiah eleven twenty one. 21. Therefore thus saith the Lord of the men of Anathoth. Anathoth was, was Jeremiah's hometown. It was his city, home city. And thus say, saith the, the men of Anathoth, that seek thy life. You see, they were seeking the life of Jeremiah, saying, 
Prophesy not in the name of the Lord. That they die not by our hand. They didn't, they didn't want him to prophesy. They didn't want him to speak the word of the Lord. They didn't want him to preach the word of the Lord to them. You preach the word of the Lord to us, we're going to kill you. They said. They did not honor him. Turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts in chapter 9. Paul. Remember Paul? Saul? Saul of Tarsus? He's on his way to Damascus. He's on his way to Damascus with letters to, to put the Christians the disciples of Christ, to put them into prison, to kill them. And the Lord saves him. Makes him a new creature. And he immediately begins to pray. And Ananias is sent to where Saul is. Ends up he baptizes him. And Saul begins to preach. And he begins to grow in strength. That is in the strength of the Lord and the power of the Lord and the power in his preaching. The word of God. In Damascus. See that it went to, to have Christians imprisoned and slain. He's now preaching the word of the Lord. Verse 3. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel in Damascus there to kill him. And their laying, laying await was known of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. You see, Paul was a Jew. He was a Jew. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was the astute of the Jews. He was a Pharisee. But they didn't like him preaching the word of the Lord. Now they're seeking to kill him. He had no honor amongst his own countrymen. And so now we see Jesus has no honor among his hometown of Nazareth. Why? Why is this mentioned here in our text? Why is this put here in our text about the dishonor that he received at his hometown of Nazareth? Well, one possible reason, and I think it's as good as any, it is 
giving us a reason as to why he did not go to go to uh, Nazareth. For when we get in verse 46, we're going to find where he went in Galilee. It was back to Cana. And remember what took place at Cana. So it offers us a explanation as to why he didn't go back to Nazareth. Because they had rejected him. They did not want to hear the word of the Lord. But I think it's also here because you see, Jesus had had called out his disciples, had called out the twelve. And he is preparing them. He is preparing them for his departure and for the continuing ministry that they will continue on with. And one of the things that he is preparing them for is he's preparing them that they're going to be persecuted. They're going to be receive ridicule and mocking. And they're going to be persecuted eventually. He uh, turn with me to the 13th chapter. The 13th chapter of the book of John. This is just before his departure. Chapter 13 of John and verse 16. And However, the Lord did draw on this on a couple other occasions before, before this as well. In John chapter 13, verse 16, he, he says to them, preparing them for his departure, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Go to the 15th chapter uh, uh, of John now. The 15th chapter in, in verse... Uh, In verse 18, John 15, 18, he said, he said to his disciples in, in pretty much the same discourse as, as what he started there in the 13th chapter and continuing on through the 15th, 16th chapters. He says this, In the world, if the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world world would love his own but because ye are not of the world but I have chosen you out of the world therefore the world hateth you remember the word that I said unto you the servant is not greater than his Lord if they have persecuted me your Lord they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Pretty good indication to me. The verse 44 
exist in our text. Letting his disciples know they're not greater than their, their Lord. And they too shall suffer persecution as he has suffered persecution. Now, back to the first evidence that a person has faith. The first evidence is that he honors the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, one who truly has faith, he honors the object of his faith. The object of his faith is valuable. It is to be exalted. It is to be reverenced. It is to be respected. We have in this passage of Scripture a sharp contrast <coughs> excuse me, between the unbelief of Nazareth and their not honoring him. And the contrast is the honor that is placed upon him by other Galileans, even though Nazareth, Galileans, didn't honor him, there were many other Galileans who did honor him. Jesus is due all honor and glory. He is the Son of God. That is, God manifest in the flesh. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1 and verse 23, the chapter that announces to Joseph the, that his wife is with child of the Holy Spirit of God. And Quotes for us in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 1, the Old Testament prophecy from the book of Isaiah. It says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. It was foretold. It was brought over into the New Testament. That, that Old Testament scripture was quoted again in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, at the announcement of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God being with us. In the book of John, in chapter 1, we've already studied, and in verse 14, it said, And the Word. Who was the Word? And the in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. 
And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So He is the Son of God. God manifest in the flesh. He is the Savior. He came to save His people from their sins. He came to save them from condemnation. In the book of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, again, the angel announcing to Joseph and said, She shall call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. The book of John in chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is sending a Savior to those that would believe. Turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts in chapter 5 and verse 30. This is what Peter and John and the other apostles testified. Said the God of our fathers in verse 30, raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and, and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand for to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And the 11th chapter of Acts tells us not only to, to Israel, but, but to the Gentiles as well. Gave him to be a Savior. He is the Son of Man that he might be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He's the Son of Man. That is an emphasis. Jesus referred to himself often as the Son of Man. And that it, he might be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew in chapter 20. And look with me at verse 28 here. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28. Even as the Son of Man... Jesus said, came not to be ministered, came not to be served, but to minister, to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. He came to be a savior. He came to pay the debt that you and I owed. The book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. In chapter 4, in verse 15 and 16, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but is in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, he was the Son of Man. Be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Those who are 
trust in Jesus. Honor him. It is an effect of faith. <laughs> Honor means to value, to highly value. The, the, the worth is high. It's of great value. Means to esteem. Means to respect. In reference to the Son of God, it has the idea of reverence, exaltation, and worship. The book of Philippians chapter 2. The book of Philippians in chapter 2. In verse 9. Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, that is, Jesus Christ, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is to be exalted. He is to be honored. He is to be reverenced. It has, has the idea of the price paid or a price received or credit due of counting something of of extreme value. <laughs> Is Christ extreme value to you? How valuable is the Lord Jesus Christ to you? In the book of Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 we read, and he said, them all if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. See, it is a cross that, that we gladly bear denying ourselves. Why? Because he is so valuable to me. He gave his life. For a wretched sinner as I. He shed his blood for a vile, wicked individual such as I. So that I might live. So that I might have eternal life. How valuable is he to you? Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. <laughs> you see the value of the Lord Jesus? If you're saved, if you're the redeemed of the Lord, oh, he's valuable. He ought to be valuable to faith. 
Faith in his shed blood honors him, honors the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the idea of preciousness to us. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 7 says, Unto you therefore which believe, which believe, which have faith, he is precious. Is he precious? The Apostle Paul counted him. How precious did the Apostle Paul count him? Well, in Philippians chapter 3 and, and, and verse 8, Paul names all the pedigrees that, that he had as a, as a Jew, as a Pharisee of the Jews. But he said, I count them but dung. I count them but loss. <laughs> They're of no value. They're of no benefit to me. The Lord Jesus Christ. He's a value. He's a benefit. He said that I might win Christ, that I might gain more of Christ in my life. Is that how valuable he is to you? Is he precious to you? Those who do not believe in Jesus Christ do not honor him. They do not worship, exalt him. They do not Honor him with a surrendered life. They do not consider him precious. Come with me to the book of Matthew in chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. In verse 15. We have these words. For this people, the multitudes that he was preaching to that day. For this people's heart is waxed grossed, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be covered, converted. And I should heal them. See? They didn't want his healing. They didn't honor him. They didn't count him precious and glorious. In the book of John, chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus said these words, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him last day. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. One last passage of scripture in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah in chapter 6, in verse 10, we have these words, to whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear, to whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised. 
Christ. And they cannot hear, hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Is the word of the Lord a reproach this morning? Do you delight in the word of the Lord? Do you delight in the things of Christ? Do you delight in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you honor the Lord Jesus Christ? Is He the most valuable thing there is to you? Shall we stand?